What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Self-Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Taylor Tomlinson. I'm Delaney Fisher. And guess what? This is episode 200, baby. That is insane. What? That's crazy. I still can't believe that. I feel like we just did 100. I know. Oh, my gosh. I I looked recently... um, We're like... We're close to like 4 million downloads or something like that. Oh my god i'm like wait for that's a lot of people that know our secrets <laughs> <laughs> you know too much see, every time i accidentally see one of our numbers i'm like oh god close this please please <laughs> i need to regroup and pretend that it's just kelsey and taylor i'm talking to <laughs> wow yeah 200 yeah. uh episodes is a crazy number so we thought we would do something a little different to celebrate 200 episodes, we're going to do a Q&A. We, um, Taylor and I went on to our Instagram stories and asked you guys to submit questions, and we are going to be answering some of those questions today. So that's what our episode is going to be. Before we get into your guys' questions, um, just a reminder that the three of us are now doing video shout-outs, personalized video shout-outs, if you want one for your birthday, for an anniversary, um, just because, and it doesn't have to be for you, you can also get one for a friend of yours, somebody who also listens to the podcast that you love, um, a coworker, friend, whatever you want. We're available for them. It's kind of like our own personal cameo that we're doing. So if you're interested, you can email selfhelplesspodcast at gmail.com and we will send you more information. And we also want to give a special shout out to our helpsters who are a part of our Type A Plus tier on Patreon. So big shout out to Courtney, Chris, Eddie, Brandon, Jonathan, Perry, Linda, Michael, and Milton. Thank you so much for your 
extra special generosity. If you are curious about joining Patreon, we have two tiers available. You can head over to patreon.com slash selfhelpless. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. (laughs) Quotable uh, from Helpster Allison. It is unknown who said it. So this sounds like mysterious one of our favorites an instagram quote (laughs) sounds like something a basic white girl saw on a pink background and said i'm gonna live my life that way Mm -hmm. which is our favorite kind do you know how many things i've screenshotted that fell into this category yeah so thank you helper (laughs) allison for this quotable self-care is how you take your power back yep so good I have been feeling that so hard lately. Oh, yeah. And you know what is an even, like, one step further in the basic bitch route of the quotes on Instagram? Not just screenshotting it, but making that your phone background. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Have you done this, Kelsey? I may or may not experience (laughs) currently some form of care quote as the uh screensaver for my phone what's the, the quote, what's on, your the quote phone? on your screensaver you have to know that's for for me to know and <laughs> anybody else who's over your shoulder who sees it yeah. <laughs> yeah, i'll tell you guys it actually it goes very well with our self-love uh episode we just did about you know positive affirmations trying to pump, your, pump yourself up it's yeah. it says you are magic own that shit Oh, yes. Yes. Dude, so my favorite Instagram quote I ever saw that gets me fucking pumped is, wake up, beauty, it's time to beast. (laughs) I hate that quote so much. That is so much. much. And it is probably the only Instagram quote that has stuck with me for several years. Several. (laughs) Since we started this show. Oh, Delaney. Um, but the mom at Marshall's looking at, <laughs> at mugs for sure. That is such a mug at Marshall's quote. I Wake love up, it. beauty. It's time to be. I love it. Also, uh, that quotable was submitted by our helpster, Allison, through Patreon. So if that's another reward that we offer over there, if you want to head over to patreon.com slash self-helpless, our patrons literally keep the show going. Like, quite literally. Yes, Thank quite you. literally. <laughs> yes. Um... Well, you guys want to get into some questions? Oh, I sure do. Okay. Um, All right. First one. How much pressure do you ladies feel with how much the podcast has grown slash advice y'all get? Well, I mean, this is touching a little bit on what you just said, Delaney, that you get kind of overwhelmed realizing how many downloads there are now. um, Oh, yeah. And how much of our lives are out there. I have to constantly trick myself into the the idea that I'm just talking to both of you and yeah. nobody else because if I really let it sink in the the number of people who listen and if I like I said if I accidentally see our download numbers or whatever if I'm you know um yeah immediate anxiety just immediately yeah and um I will show up in a better way for the show and I'll be more honest and authentic if I'm not thinking about that big number. I don't know how you guys feel. <laughs> oh, I'm constantly horrified by how much I've shared. 
podcast. It's it's not like we didn't want people to listen to it. It's not like it was like, well, I'll tell you this because it's only a few of us here. Like we were fully hoping that a lot of people would tune in and we were just just sharing with reckless abandon. (laughs) (laughs) almost four years (laughs) almost four years yeah i to be fair i don't think any of us quite Mm. knew how many people would eventually listen when we started this show at you know a kitchen table um i wasn't thinking oh this is gonna be getting around a lot yeah you know i don't know i don't know if i would have said certain things (laughs) Nice to know you didn't believe in us. (laughs) We're all scheming and dreaming. But you know what? Up until that point, I hadn't really had uh, something that I had stuck with that long because that was in my phase of just like trying everything and sticks. So I was like, this is just another thing that I am enjoying so much at the moment. But like, I had no idea we would still yeah. be doing this. I'm thrilled that we're still doing this years later. It's awesome. You saw us as disposable. You <laughs> get another thing that you could declutter, you minimalist witch. To be fair, I thought you guys would ditch me. So let me get that straight. Oh my God. Oh my God. You guys. It's like our four year, this, this month is our four year friendship anniversary. It is. Oh my gosh. That is so precious. Oh. Which is forty in show business years. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Seriously, a little weird. virtual hangout. Yeah. yeah. So to answer your question, how much pressure do you guys feel with how the? Yeah, a lot, a oh. lot of pressure. It's so much. I I get in my head a ton as we're recording the podcast and right after, where a lot of you know I don't want to speak for both of you guys, but I'm definitely people pleaser and. The more downloads the podcast gets, the more different uh, opinions of people listening, you just realize you can't make everybody happy. And if you are going to maybe get into some topics that could be more divisive, it's like, that's, that's tough. It, you do feel a lot of pressure to try and make a lot of people happy. And it's just impossible. It's impossible. impossible. Just do your best. Yeah. Uh, after we record every episode, just picture me pacing around my room like a lunatic because that's what I'm doing. And I'm overthinking several things I said. And, mm-hmm. you know, part of it is because this is an organic conversation. We sincerely don't know what we're going to say and talk yeah. about in detail until we show up. And so things come out in the moment that a lot of us are not planning to. And then we're like, oh, shit, should I have said that? Should we take this out? Should we keep it? What am I doing? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot. And I mean, as the show grew, which is very exciting, also the criticism grows too. And yeah. and we kind of talked about this, even if the percentage is the same, the, the, the volume gets, you know, higher, whatever more, it feels like a lot more and a lot harsher stuff going on. Um, so I just, you know, I've cut myself off of all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see anything. I don't see the bad shit or the good shit, really. I mean, yeah. like, that's the sad part of it, but I really don't because it's just too, it's too much. Yeah. It's too, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's a good question. I went to tag Delaney in something today and. I know, right? It's weird. <laughs> Nowhere to be found. <laughs> you guys do right. about me on the Instagram. I know. Where okay, this is the next question. How do you guys stay motivated through COVID and uh sad seasons? So seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. So seasonal depression. 
Yeah. Well, we're in um, California, so we right. don't have that here. <laughs> um, sometimes it rains and we get bummed. A little, a little grumpy. I get excited because you guys know me. I love, yeah. love a little Pacific Northwest action. But um, I, for me, I think having everything get shut down has made me realize that uh, I could do literally nothing all day if I wanted to. <laughs> because no one's gonna make you do it yeah and if you want to get shit done and accomplish your goals whether they're professional personal you have to do them and so um I've been self-employed for years now but this was a new level of being your own boss this year like you really had to figure out how you're gonna get yourself out of bed and get your shit together every day so uh just that pressure of like Choose what you want your life to be. If you don't want to be productive, you don't have to. But if you want to and feel proud of yourself, then you just have to make yourself, I guess. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Yeah, I feel that way about COVID too. I think COVID's really like exacerbated a lot of mental health issues for a lot of people and, you know, depressed a lot of people that maybe previously hadn't experienced that and, and and caused a new level of anxiety for a lot of people who maybe aren't normally like that. But, um, yeah, it's been really tough. I think, I think setting goals I've realized is really helpful for me in not getting really sad or like overwhelmed by anxiety. So, I mean, it's, it's not really like, oh, I stay motivated. It's like you find ways to motivate yourself. Kind of like what Kelsey was saying, because if not, you're just gonna, yeah, you're just gonna think. Yeah. Creating structure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just have been trying to take advantage of the days or weeks that I feel pretty good and energized. And then during the weeks or days that I really don't, I just do the bare minimum and it's been a pretty consistent ebb and flow, you know, throughout this quarantine yeah. experience. So it's really like, you know, how do I stay motivated? Uh, I don't really for a lot of the time, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not motivated. I'm really just doing what needs to be done a lot of the time right now. And on the, you know, those times that I'm feeling like, oh, I actually feel like doing extra and I'm feeling pretty good despite a lot of stuff. Um, then I will try to set myself up for the times I'm not doing so great. Yeah. That's a good way to good way to look at it. Um, COVID aside, what is your most ideal and comfortable form of male fan interaction? <laughs> Love this question. Such a thank, good question. Thank you for asking. <laughs> no one asks. Nobody's ever asked that. I feel like Angela in the office and they ask about her cats. Thank you for asking. No one ever asks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it um when married men dm me on instagram and say my wife and i love you keep crushing it that's what i like yes. from fans yes hey can we each touch on what we um appreciate in an in-person fan interaction because let's say like pre-covid mm-hmm. what kind of male fan interaction did you feel comfortable with at like a merch table after a show um, the same level that I feel now with COVID. Six feet away. <laughs> Matt. No, I'm kidding. 
That's going to be worse. Air high five. Air high five. I like it when guys ask to take a picture and then they don't touch you. They, they hover their hand behind your back, which is by the way, what I do to people also, I think it's, it's beyond gender. It's just polite when you don't know a person or you've just <laughs> met taking a photo, you can mime familiarity. It's all a lie anyway. Why do you have to touch? Do you really do that? You just, yeah. Phantom hand? I phantom hand. <laughs> and guys do it to me too, and I really appreciate it when they do it. Wow. Interesting. That, that is so funny. Yeah, it's so weird. Because it's like, if somebody could guarantee me that every man who was coming by the merch table after the show was not creepy, then I don't think I would be too bothered by like, you know, like the kind of hand on the back photo. But because you don't know, and you can always, like, if it's a guy who wants to put, like, his hand on the, on your hip. No. Mm. Your fingers should not curve. Your fingers should not be curving around anything. Nope. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's funny because if it's, like, a group photo pre-COVID, I wouldn't really think about it. I just kind of get in there. I don't know. It's. It's so hard, but I very much appreciate this question. Thank you for asking this question. And maybe just ask us like what we are comfortable with at the merch table. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yeah, I was comfortable with anything that wasn't uh, being a fucking creep. I feel like people yeah. know being a creep, so just don't do that. But everyone has different standards. Yeah, right, right. I, I, uh, it was nice when they said actual nice things about my standup. Right. Instead of like, you're funny for a lady. (laughs) Right. That kind of thing. I didn't think you were going to be funny. And then you surprised me, you know, that kind of thing. But just like, Hey, really enjoyed your set. That was, that was great. That was a good time, whatever. But none of that other shitty stuff. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever shared it on the podcast, but after a show, um, one time a guy was like, you were funny. He was drunk. He's like, you were funny, but... And he put his hands on my hips and turned <gasps> me around and said, but I like this view of you. <gasps> oh, my what? God. Uh-huh. And, oh, uh, that man in jail. God. Yeah, and uh, he got, uh, like, grabbed by security immediately. And oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh my gosh. So uh it is hard though. If it's a guy alone, you feel like a little bit more like mm, I don't know. But if it's a guy and like a dude and his wife, I don't even think twice about oh, you don't get in the middle the picture, right? I don't know. Yeah. It's that's tough. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Next question. Um, This is another great one. Any tips on navigating finances with a partner who makes significantly less than you? Ooh, that's such a tough one. I mean, I think it depends what the situation is because sometimes your partner makes significantly less than you because you just work in different fields and there's only so much you can make as like a teacher as opposed to a lawyer. You know what I mean? Right. If you are in a situation where you have a full-time job and make a living and you're dating somebody who maybe doesn't or isn't applying themselves or something, that's different. Like there's just so many different situations it's hard to give like yeah to that question you know because it's like okay are you dating somebody who's unemployed but they're trying to find a job or are you dating somebody who's you know just in a different field than you that makes less money and it's never going to change are you dating right doesn't want to get a job like what what are you I think it's just case by case and you have to decide what is sustainable right like is this question being asked because you're feeling resentful. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm kind of wondering like what the behind, what is behind this question because if it's somebody who like you said Tay is kind of choosing um a path that doesn't pay as well but they're they're not stepping up in other ways. So I feel like there's so many things in a relationship beyond just money. If this person is also able to provide for you in other ways, maybe emotionally, or I've seen in certain situations where it's um, a couple who has children and one of the partners does not make as much, but they stay home and provide the childcare during the day. Mm-hmm. And that saves a ton of money, but they aren't necessarily bringing in as much. So yeah, I don't know. Del, what do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, I've been on both ends of the spectrum. You know, I've been the partner who makes less and I've been the partner who makes more. And I think it's about this. I mean, personally, my finances have have always been separate from anybody that I'm with. Mm -hmm. And so the I think it just kind of depends on I think those those issues can arise when you're maybe planning on doing something together and one person maybe can't afford the same kind of thing the other person can if you're going on a trip if you're doing something and that's when it kind of comes down to well uh you know do we do we up the quality of of this trip and I'm that person who makes more will cover more of it or we stay in kind of where you know both of us can can pitch in the same amount I think that's when it just comes to you know communicating about what you know what you want to do and everybody's very different yeah you know Yeah. Um, You want to read the next one? Yes. Next question. I'm questioning a six-year relationship. How do you know when to leave and how do you know when to continue fighting for it? Oh my gosh, that's a hard one. I've never been in uh, a a long-term relationship, so I don't know. Um, My longest relationship has been a year and a half, so I I truly am not qualified to talk about this. (laughs) It just, I am reading a book called Getting the Love You Want, and it's written by two couples therapists, and they were, and they were talking about, and it's in a chapter I almost skipped because it's about like divorce, and I'm like, well, I need to get there first. I'm just not <laughs> successful enough for that. 
but they were saying they encourage couples to agree to go to couples therapy for three months. Like we're not going to separate for three months. We're going to give it three months. Oh, and then the person in the relationship who is like the fuser, who's like trying to force it to work gets to relax. Cause they know they have three months before they're going to, you know, possibly separate. And then the other person, um, I think it's like the avoidant or the avoider or something. Um, can't bail for like three months. So I thought that was a good thing. Yeah. We should maybe review that book on the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I also think whatever the reasons that you're feeling like the relationship isn't working, the problems that you guys are having, if you feel like they are things that are pretty fundamental issues that will not change, um, or maybe uh, if you've expressed those concerns to your partner and they are either unwilling to change or say they will, but it just hasn't happened. I think it kind of comes down to like, if you walked away right now, would you feel confident in yourself in saying that you really gave it your all and you really tried everything? Um, if you don't feel like you're there yet, I wouldn't leave because then I feel like you might regret it. But just, yeah exhausting yeah. all the options. Yeah. So many factors come into play too. What kind of six year relationship is this? You know, if it's toxic, get the fuck out of there. Good <laughs> point, man. There, you know, you both are, you're just not compatible and you love each other and it's just not working out. Like so many factors go into what, you know, what the dynamic is, but yeah. I always kind of, I've always kind of tried my best to look at relationships as once you get to know somebody um, if they never changed, would you be happy? Good question. If they never changed, would they, would you be happy with this? If this was your forever with this person? And, you know, sometimes yeah. my answer was hell no. And I was out of there. And with only one person, it's been, yes, I would be happy if nothing ever changed. And that's Cam. So that right. kind of gave me everything I needed to know. Right. Know? Like, are you dating that person's potential or are yes. you dating who they the reality of them. Yeah. currently are and may always be? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Del, you've given mm, heat. <laughs> Just a nugget. <laughs> Wise owl of the forest, Delaney Fisher. Um, okay, Del, you want to read that next one? Yes. Okay. I feel like we've covered that question quite a bit. Um, after this horrible fucking year, what is a positive thing you have learned or experienced? We did a whole episode on what we learned this year. So I would kind of recommend checking out that episode for that question. Probably. What did we call that growth? I think it's growth. Yeah. Um, Oh, what were your first impressions of each other? Oh Oh, gosh. Delaney was drunk. Delaney was drunk. Was she drunk for you too? Uh huh. Oh my gosh. That's so, So that's right. Okay. I think we've touched on this once before. Can you bear it? I was just like, oh my God, you're so good. You're so good. <laughs> and she's gone. <laughs> just a ghost in the night. Gone. Oh. Yep. Delaney oh. was drunk for me too. Um, I met oh. Delaney at the Idaho Laugh Fest in an elevator of a hotel at, I want to say, perhaps 11 in the morning, noon, and she was real drunk. And had... It was noon. Oh, it was very early. I was I checking was in. I was checking in. Okay. I had landed, luggage and checking into my room. Delaney had like a fucking full tilt tipsy drunk. And 
had like a bottle of whiskey in her hand or a bottle of <laughs> a giant bottle of liquor. I think and, it was champagne. <laughs> yeah, something. And um, I just remember being oh. like, well, she is she is living a life, you know. <laughs> I don't know what kind of life, but she's living one. That Not the same one as me. But oh my god. Her best oh. life. Oh boy. Yeah. So that was my first impression of Delaney. Yeah. My first impression of Tay. I think I'm trying to think of what it was when I met you, like when the first time I met you was, but I think the first time I ever saw you in existence was um a promo for Last Comic Standing. Oh. I believe. Yeah. And I just remember being like, holy shit. She's so good and mature and so young. It was like um, in Little Rascals where the kids stack on top of each other and put the trench coat over it, <laughs> where like, you're just, it like blows your, you were almost like a, an optical illusion or something because your, um, your maturity and skill level in comedy was so unusual for that age. You know what I mean? Like, That's so nice. Yeah. So I remember you stood out to me and it was being talked about even at that time, like, oh my God, this girl's so young and she's on Last Comic Standing. So that was my first impression of you. It was just like amazed at how talented you were at such a young age. That was so nice. Yeah, the first time I, my first impression of Kelsey was I saw her on Laughs. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh. I thought I thought you were like my age. I was like, oh my gosh, it's another female yeah. comic like me. And yeah. like, yes, yeah, she's too pretty to be my friend. But oh Jesus! And I hope I get to work with her at some point. And I remember it said you were from Seattle underneath, so I was like, oh, okay, she's from Seattle. And then I kept like seeing your name on shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I remember we were on a show together at Madhouse in San Diego, and I was really excited when I saw oh, that. Yes, and yes, I went yes. out of my way to go meet you. Yes, that's right. Okay. Oh my gosh! Hi, I saw you on Laughs, and I think I've said your name to introduce you or whatever. I was like, I just had to come say hi, and I think you were going over notes, and I felt bad, but you were so sweet, and I was like, oh, she's so nice. But yeah, I was like, I have to go meet her. I I remember being so excited to run. Oh, I remember that now. Madhouse, that's so funny. Um, Del, what was your impression? Your first impression. Okay, so yes. That was during my partying times <laughs> when I met both of you. <laughs> so, and he's like, I can't remember. Actually. Yeah, I was just going to say. Okay. I got to be totally honest. I do not remember meeting Kelsey. Okay, I met her. <laughs> Apparently. Wow. <laughs> Hey. Okay, first of all, so that Idaho Laugh Festival, I was rooming with Jordan Pease and Peter Sears, and Jordan wanted to day drink. And so we grabbed a couple of bottles of champagnes and champagne and we went to the indoor pool. <laughs> so you caught us on the way from having have, you know, had some drinks in our room on the way down to the indoor pool to <laughs> like day drink by the pool. So apparently we met in the elevator. I do not remember that. And I am so sorry. And then apparently I met Kelsey again that night at the comedy club. And I do not remember. That. <laughs> do you even remember? You probably, cause what I'm talking about is like barely even meeting you. You weren't even like, hi, I'm Delaney. This was just the first time I ever saw you. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so basically, I did meet Kelsey. I did not remember. But then the first time I actually remember meeting Kelsey was at this, like, after party. And I think it was for laughs, the the show. 
yeah. we both were at some, you know, party and you came up to me and Jordan and like gave us a hug and said, hi. And I said, that girl's so nice. Who is she? And she's like, and he's like, bitch, you met her at the Idaho Laugh Fest. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is embarrassing. And then it wasn't until kind of later on that like we actually started, you know, talking and right. seeing each other. Taylor, I met you at, yeah, the San Diego Comedy Festival at Madhouse Comedy Club. And no, it wasn't Madhouse. It was Comedy it Palace. Was- Oh, comedy. That's right. Comedy Palace. That's I didn't right. Really, this is what I'm saying. I didn't really meet you. Right. But I, I met you. <laughs> you and Sean Leary, I think, were just walking by me in sort of like a drunken. Oh, just yeah. like just like. And it was right after I got off stage and you were just like, oh, my God, you're so good. You're so good. And then you were it was like as you were walking by me, you weren't like, hi, I'm Delaney. And so I don't remember when I actually met you. I feel like maybe you booked me for two drink minimum or something. I remember. Actually, I think I remember. Okay. So yes, I met, saw you at the comedy palace and I was on my way out because I had a date with me. And then you got up on stage and you were so funny. I was like, wait, I want to stay and watch this girl. And so I watched your set. And I was like, who is this person? And then that's why I had to drunkenly go introduce or say hi, at least, because that's how compelled I was to say hello to you. Um, And first impression was I thought you were hot. And if I was into ladies, I would want to date you. That was my honest first impression. Nice. I was not cute yet. Drunk to lady at (laughs) 20 whatever years old. And then the very first time we actually had a slight conversation was a laughs taping in Santa Barbara. We were on the same lineup. And I said, oh, hi. And that's when we actually introduced ourselves, I think. Yes, that's what it was. Yes. Oh gosh! Oh, I'm so sorry. No, so <laughs> Cut to several years later. I don't really drink anymore, or and I'm in my home at all times. I'm, I'm in, in my home, bar, but you know. well, and Kelsey, I met you like a month or two before we all started working together. Is the way I remember it. Yeah, me too. In person, but I've known about you for longer than that. Obviously, yeah. I met you in per- I met you in person like one time. I know. We all started working together. I know. So crazy. Oh, yeah. I had seen Kelsey a couple times. Kelsey had me on her podcast. I did your podcast cooked. Yes. And that's when we were, we actually had a conversation. I was like, Oh, I have a friend. I have a friend. Yeah. yeah. And you felt like that same, that same way. Like, Oh, this is great. Yeah. It was lovely. <laughs> um, also I just have to point out Delaney, that is a new level of white trash to day drink at the indoor pool. <laughs> In Boise, Idaho. In dead of winter in Boise, Idaho. Like, damn, man. That's something. Comedy festivals were my jam. That was oh, like the, the best. best working vacations. Best. It's like comedy so summer fun. camp. It's just, oh. does it get more fun than to get drunk with a bunch of other comics and just have a laugh? Oh, the no, best. It's so fun. Chef's kissed. Um, okay. Hey. Uh, if you could swap bodies with anyone for one week, Freaky Friday style, who would it be? <laughs> huh? Can I do half and half? A few days. Like three days, you're going to be someone, and then. Yeah, if you, if you and Kelsey, if you and Taylor. <laughs> really? Wait, what, actually. Is that what they're saying? We no, are switching no, anybody. No, anybody no, I in the thought it meant only us Any, three. I was like, anybody? That's what you're going to do? <laughs> oh, I thought it meant between us. Oh, gosh. No, I feel like I'd switch with Beyonce. 
Just to yeah. know like. I would switch with Jay-Z so I could fuck Beyonce. Oh, oh mic drop. I would honestly switch to whoever has a beautiful home in an open field in the middle of nowhere who's eating delicious vegan food. Whoever that just, it could be just a leave. Just <laughs> go take a bath. God. Oh, who has a, okay. Who has that? Who has, who's famous that has like an outdoor bathtub overlooking a mountain? Anyone. Okay. Anyone. Anyway. Literally anyone has that. It could be a famous person. It could be somebody named Sarah who lives in Nebraska. I don't know, but that's who I'd switch with. It's, we're like Jay-Z, Beyonce, Delaney's like, anyone with a tub <laughs> would be great. Boy. Oh, my gosh. Also, Margot Robbie. Just because it would just be so oh. fun to, like, wake up and look in the mirror and be like, yeah. <laughs> I, okay. Yeah. Well, Kelsey, you're not far off. All right. So. Oh, that's far too kind. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay, what was your biggest oh shit moment as a group? I don't know that I know what that means. Something we did that was like, I think that could be interpreted in many ways. Like, yeah. a, oh my God. As a group. Like for the podcast? Is that what they're Yeah. Asking? I mean, it was cool when like Kelsey did the Tonight Show and they said self-helpless podcast. Oh, oh yeah, and when you did Conan and they held the yes. self helpless podcast too, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's Conan too. Now that was cool. Um. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I I also think when we were, um, for a while, the three of us were trying to pitch um, a television show, and uh, we we're pitching it to a bunch of different networks and the time that we were in the Netflix lobby getting ready to pitch to Netflix, that was one of those moments that I was like, this is fucking cool. And I felt so happy to have you guys with me that like we were going to go do this pitch together. It was a cool feeling. That was really fun. And then yeah. we got like really good feedback on one network that were like, wow, could that happen? And then they were like, uh, you're too young or something. I don't know. There was there was some feedback. Oh yeah, the, their demographic. Right, but um, another an oh shit moment that was 
I remember in the beginning, which is so funny looking back, it's like no big deal. But I remember um, in the beginning when we were learning how to like read ads, we would um, mess up a lot or swear or like <laughs> do all kinds of stuff. And I remember a moment realizing, oh boy, none of that has been edited out on YouTube. And if our sponsors <laughs> see that, it's just a hot mess. We forgot about that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. We're swearing all over the place. We're confused. <laughs> that was an oh shit moment. I remember uh, and that also just oh shit moments with our some of our guests that we've had. I think a big one was oh, our yeah. like our very first big guest was Brian Regan oh, and yeah. we went out there. Yes, our new podcast and Brian Regan was going to be on the show. We were like, "What the fuck? This is awesome!" Yeah, that was pretty crazy. That was fun. that was crazy. Getting Michael Bublé on the pod, oh. like, and he was a really big person. We were like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that's that really good. Um. Is this me or you, Taylor? Who, who's rating next? I think it's you, Del. Okay. What is something you look for in a partner? Or what first attracted you to your partner? Good question. Del, you want to start? What first attracted me to Cam? Um, his, his height. His ginger hair. Yeah, honestly, his height and his red hair. Because that's really what, that's what the first thing I saw when he walked in. Yeah. And, you know, for those who don't know the story, I was kind of his supervisor at the time uh, at work <laughs> and he walked in and he was like carrying a stack of boxes for somebody and I just saw like a very giant man with nice red hair and then he put the box down and introduced himself and I was just like yeah he's just overall cute to me you know he's Aww. just cute so Aww. yeah that's, that's nice. what I noticed yeah that's nice I had a boyfriend at the time though so I was like mm, I can't do anything about that yet <laughs> he was forbidden he was forbidden fruit yes yes but what about you guys um one thing we look for or what do we look for we yeah look like for... what's been i guess what's attracted you in the past or you know what what do you notice what kind of qualities or characteristics do you like usually i mean i'm i like people who are talented mm-hmm tall and um preferably very honest uh, yeah. do i always do that no <laughs> that's what i look for <laughs> yeah i being able to make me laugh and me being able to make them laugh will always be like a very 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 high on the list for me but also as i get older really um thinking about what their values are and what their character is as opposed to like, oh, we like the same type of music or, you know, the, the things that feel a little bit more surfacey. And as you're younger, you're like, oh, this is, I'm attracted to that. Then you get older and realize there are certain things that are really, really important. And it kind of doesn't matter if you guys like the same type of food <laughs> or whatever. It's like, right. you know, do they have good character and, and stuff like that? So, yeah. yeah. And rich parents. And rich parents. <laughs> Not something I look for, but it's something I found quite a lot looking back. Oh, you. 
My, my best friend told me that when she goes, you have a type and it's guys whose parents have summer homes. <laughs> <laughs> Not on purpose. It just happened like a few times in a row. And I wow. Like, okay. Not a few t- but Well, maybe. I don't know. I dated that many people. So it's easy to find patterns. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with Kelsey. I think when you're younger, you're like, I just want someone who's hot. And as right. you're like, I want someone who's going to do the right thing, even when nobody's watching. That's what I want. I, want I like, love that. Yeah. That. Got a very sure. strong, uh, I want someone with a really strong conscience. Yes. I need mm-hmm. to be able to have fun with the person doing literally anything. Yes. Going oh, to the post good. office, sitting on the couch, going to a party, doesn't matter, but we're having a good time. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. That's been a thing when I've been in relationships where we we had that, it was like when you're like best friends, there's oh, yeah. literally nothing better in the whole world. For sure. Um okay, this next question is crazy. Like I can't believe they want us to open this they asked will you name my next baby it's a boy oh charlie oh that's a great name i love the name charlie i like i like the name i like james and liam i like a lot of irish names they're cute yeah i like the name finn Oh, I love the name Finn. <laughs> there was just a silence. No, I like that. I had to think about it. Oh, okay. And then as I said it, I was like, is that like a just stupid, like a dolphin fin or something? But no. there's that great that's another that, Irish name, right? I think so, yeah. I haven't thought about that name much. And then I, there's that actor who I really like, and he's been in a bunch of stuff, but his name is Finn. And I'm like, that's such a good name. I like that name. Like Finn. Finn, yeah. Yeah. Um, there you go four excellent options please update us (laughs) if you actually name your baby after something we just said please let us know because that is i mean we will be monsters (laughs) we can't (laughs) our egos can't handle that that's nuts that we are naming people's babies what no crazy (laughs) i'm sure that was sent in as a joke right either way it's a great question who knows all right tay you're up next how do you cope with unrequited love? Ooh, that's a tough Ooh. one. Don't know. It's never happened. Um, get out. No, get <laughs> out. No, I what, what do you, what you guys have for that advice? I mean, I think you just have to move on. And, and you know, as much as it sucks, accept the situation for what it is and know that it's not about you. There's so many more factors involved in in falling in love with somebody than just like, are they cool or not? I think when I was younger and someone didn't like me back, like when I was in high school, it was like devastating because I thought it meant I like wasn't pretty or cool or good enough. And as you get older, you meet people that are objectively great and don't work for you. Yeah. And it makes you go, oh, that means I can be objectively great and someone cannot want to date me. And it doesn't mean that I suck. It just means that we don't, connect in that way and totally that's- yeah and yeah. if oh, yeah. you know the the person who submitted this question if you're experiencing that right now so sorry it's horrible so yeah. so sorry you're going through that um but know your worth and know that um if this person is not feeling that way then it's they kind of freed you up 
to meet somebody that is going to feel that way about you. So um, as hard as it is, try to see it as a good thing and know that um, that person just wasn't right for you and you'll meet somebody who absolutely feels that way and, and makes you feel worthy of love, which you are. Yes. I had so many crushes that were not, never return. And you know what? I always think about that, that juicy quote from several years ago on the podcast that we read, where it's like, if you can, if you can love the wrong person that much, imagine how, how much you can love the right one. That's a good oh, like you love somebody who's quote. not reciprocating. Wait till you love somebody who is reciprocating. That shit is awesome. Oh. <laughs> yes. So what much better. <laughs> God, I love that quote. Such a good one. Yeah. Such a good one. Um, okay, Del. Okay, what's the best advice you got that you never actually took? Slash most useful advice that you weren't ready to hear? Yeah, we got two questions that were similar. Um, oh. That you never took? I would say... Hmm. I, I guess you don't really know if it's good advice until you actually implement it, right? So I would say it's maybe... I might answer the second one where it's what advice did you receive that you weren't ready to hear and then maybe implemented it later? Yeah. Um, That is a really good question. I think one thing for me is the whole um, loving yourself and being okay on your own that you, like you have to get there before you can really feel good in a relationship I think and for a long time I like to kind of like poo-poo that and be like no like I love myself it's fine and then you know to really stop and do that work and realize oh you know I I wanted to devote some time to this so yeah yeah I completely agree I think it's I think it can be done in a relationship where I'm sure people can do it I think it's really hard though and I think you know you kind of have a safety net in a relationship. So I I do kind of think it's kind of impossible to fully get okay on your own within a relationship if you're not there yet. Because if you're like dating yourself, but you're in a relationship or you're like, oh, I take more time for myself apart from my relationship, it's like, well, you're still in a relationship. You're still not alone. You still have that person there. Yeah. And right. You're still thinking about their needs and stuff and how they're going to react to things. And yeah. you're trying to show up as a good yeah. partner to them, you know, give them your time as well. Also relationships are, they're a really big distraction. Like yeah. you can use relationships to distract yourself from the other things that you might need to be doing for yourself to love yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, I would say advice I wish I would have taken much sooner would be uh, do less shit. uh, Quit things you're not enjoying um, and take breaks. Take a break. Calm calm the fuck down, basically. (laughs) Yes. Also, stop going so hard. Nobody cares. Nobody's thinking about you. It's fine. Yeah. That's great advice that I wish I had taken to heart sooner. And mm, yeah. Nobody's everybody's, thinking everybody's thinking of themselves. Yep. They're all, we're all in our own head with our own anxiety and worries and fears and stress. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, which books are the most important to you? I mean, getting the love you want. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. We all talked about artists way. We have a great episode on artists way. Yeah. That's my number one. Life changing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Del. Um, Life changing. Oh yeah. Sorry. I was, I think we've talked about like our favorite things or our favorite books at some point before, but I'll probably just list them again. Life changing magic of tidying up. I love the four tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. I love you are a badass at making money by Jen Sincero. And those always stick out to me because I can, I remember actually implementing that shit mm-hmm. and it working. So that's why those are super big for me. Cause I, I remember following through and I remember like feeling a change in myself after having read those books. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, knew, I, way- I found them at the right time. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, the artist way and the war of art for me are two books that have been the most impactful for me. Yeah. Yeah. So What's good. the stupidest smart buy you've made? Mm-hmm. Stupidest smart buy. Like the stupidest purchase that we've made that we actually use all the time. Oh, yeah, I think so. Ooh, I don't know. I just, I just bought like a citrus crusher. Oh, which is, you know, (laughs) it's, it's been great. I feel like there's so many dumb things when you're doing self care that you can get that make you so happy. Yeah. Like, I got pretty much anything I've impulsed purchased at Target and end up wearing like every day for three years. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the stupidest smart buys for me. I think mine is, it's called the Chom Chom Roller. Have I talked about it at all on the podcast before? That's a great one. That's not stupid at all. That's what it's the animal hair, right? Yeah, it seemed I wouldn't wouldn't call this stupid purchase. It's just kind of like a silly thing that you might see on an infomercial or something like that. But um, the Chom Chom Roller, if you have pets, you need this. We are not sponsored by Chom Chom Roller, although I would totally love to be. But um, you know when you have pet hair on your on your couch or your clothes and you use one of those rollers that's like the sticky sheets and you have to keep ripping them off and they're just annoying. The Chom Chom Roller just you just go over your fabric. And then you open a little door and it's all in there. It just works with, I fuck, I didn't get a physics degree, so I don't know exactly the magic behind it, but it picks everything up without, um, without like so actual adhesive. Like, it does like electromagnetic shit. Cause I have one too. I have one for, <laughs> for Maverick and it's yes. great. Um, oh, I just realized what my stupid smart buy is that, little tiny backpack that I have that has rainbows on it. yep. <laughs> it's glittery sparkly rainbows and we um we uh we went like when quarantine first hit we went on like a social distance outing and we all purchased something to make us feel better and that was the yep. thing I bought was this child's backpack that has sparkly rainbows on it and I use it literally every day because I take it on walks when I walk Maverick and I put all of his stuff in there. He's got treats in there. He's got water, got the house keys. I use it every single day. It looks ridiculous. And um, Cam does not like being around me when I'm wearing it, but uh, that's a small price to pay. 
for how happy it makes me. That's a perfect one. Oh, yeah. the fanny pack I bought on like a whim. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I use that like every day now. I should get a cuter one. That's how much <laughs> I use it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what is the joke you're most proud of or think is the most creative? Huh. Hmm. Um, I like the one, the only ones I can remember from my special are the ones that I probably like the most. I like the, the Charlie one joke and I like the joke about, uh, my dad telling me to go ahead and kill myself with a kitchen knife. (laughs) Um, which I just slipped in there. I just slipped in that fun hour about being in your twenties and hardly anybody noticed. And I wish I'd saved it because I think it's great, but I didn't, I didn't clip it out or anything. He knows I told it, but I, uh, I didn't, I didn't clip it out. And I think it's so funny. And I'm just proud that I turned that into a bit. Um, (laughs) thank you. I mean, wrote itself, but um I still have a lot of fun telling um my porn star lookalike bit and that seems to be one that's memorable to Pete I can't tell you the amount of messages I still get all the time or like comments referring to me as Jesse Rogers which is the name of the porn star I said that my uh my friend told me I look like um and probably my my cum cake joke um which was what I named my album after because it was it was just based on um I won't say who but somebody in my life at the time telling me that she did that with a cupcake and it just really blew my mind because I had never heard of somebody having that sort of a fetish and um I don't do that joke on stage anymore but I miss telling it and that reaction that it would get when I would say that a dude would come on a cum- on a cupcake and then she would eat it people were just like <laughs> so like what and it was it felt so good to have people react the way that I reacted when I first heard it so those were some oh, of my man. those are some of my favorite ones to tell yeah how about I you say, I don't honestly I don't remember I don't remember a lot of stuff but I remember being proud of some of the bits in the love at first cousin special because when I first thought about creating that whole thing, I was like, is there even a way to make this funny? Uh, will people even listen to this topic? And how can I make it funny but not offensive? And also people learn something. <laughs> like it was, it just felt very um, complicated. And so there's a few one-liners in there that I was proud of writing. But I honestly can't remember which ones. Maybe can I tell you what one of my favorite (laughs) jokes of yours is? Oh, yeah. When you talk about um, the benefits of having uh, married your cousin and that one of them is that your family tree is all like neat and linear like a bamboo shoot. (laughs) That made me laugh so fucking hard the first time I saw that (gasps) because the visual of that is so funny that it's literally just like, (laughs) and that's it. What was the joke you told about I thought that only happened in like a barrel in. in <laughs> oh, God. I need to rewatch this shit. Oh, I think I think it was talking about how I thought, you know, cousin fucking only happened and, you know, something. I was probably comparing the fact that like 
you know, you think that it's happening in a barrel somewhere, you know, probably in the yeah. South or something, but really it's happening. You know, I have no, I can't remember. It was remember. funny to me. It just came it out of the like, I thought that only happened <laughs> in a barrel. And what is so funny. <laughs> what a funny visual and choice of word. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. I like yeah. all your bits. Oh, um, love. Um, as artists, how do you separate your self-worth from your work? Poorly is how we do it. Oh, my <laughs> God. Well, what a question. What a question. What this year has question. been about. Yeah, really is so good 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 I can tell you the only thing that really helps me try to separate it as much as possible is spending less time working if I feel like I'm more in balance where I'm working a little bit but I'm also seeing friends and family I'm also doing self-care I'm also doing fun stuff with whatever uh maybe reading a book at the time whatever it feels like less pressure and if something doesn't go according to plan, I feel less upset about it because I'm kind of fulfilled in these other areas. But when I am overworking and work is a huge part of my life and my day, that's when every little thing feels like the end of the world because I'm so entrenched in work and only work. I don't know how you guys feel, but that always helps me. I always know I got to add more shit in if I'm feeling like my self-worth and work is going hand in hand at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I've never chosen to separate it until this year. I feel I was forced to. Mm. So that hasn't yeah. been fun to realize. Um, I feel like I've been really trying lately to uh, be the type of person that I like, even without doing stand up comedy at the mm. level I was doing it at. Because I think I got a lot of my self-worth from that that's a great way to put it yeah yeah yep I fully agree with the things you two said I don't think I could say anything different I just agree how do each of you define success that's a good one I think I define success uh by being well respected in your chosen field uh, making enough money to support yourself and feeling pretty like content on a daily basis and relaxed, like to be at a point where you can say no to unhealthy, toxic work situations that you don't want to be in instead of just taking whatever comes to you. I think that's what success is to me where you can kind of, you know, have more control over more freedom career and life. Yeah. Day to day. Yeah. Um, I think for me, at least professional success is doing what you love for a living. So as long as I still feel like every time I get to do my job, I'm happy doing it and I'm fortunate doing it, then that's a, that's a good place to be. That makes me feel successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say, yeah. Taylor brought up the word that came to my mind, freedom. For me, success equals freedom. Freedom of time, freedom of energy, freedom of money, being able to wake up and craft my day the way that I want and doing work I really enjoy. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much just work you enjoy and as much free time as possible. That's kind of what I'm going after. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Last question of the episode. Um, what's your weirdest habit? <laughs> I'm afraid of Delaney's already. I don't know what it is, but I'm just afraid. <laughs> um, do you have one in mind, Delaney? I mean, I feel like so many of my habits have been shared on this show. Um, the weirdest one? I don't see. I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like anything I do is weird, but I know that you guys think what I do is weird. You don't I mean, I, any- I've cut my own hair. <laughs> I've been cutting my own hair for four and a half years. Um, yes, there have been a, some some moments in my life where I have used my hair to wipe my tears away while crying at a movie, or perhaps just a little tap of the nostril. I was going to say, if you limit it to just tears, you better be honest with these listeners and remind them that you have fully blown your nose into your hair. <laughs> you hyena. There, you know what? Very minimal amount of times when I'm very lazy and very sad. <laughs> it's like, oh boy. It's boy. <laughs> oh, but that's probably the weirdest thing I've done. Okay. I would say, what about you guys? I mean, the weirdest habit I have now is that calendar where I give myself star stickers. <laughs> the color corresponds to the try. habits I'm building. That's pretty I weird. I love it. Um, mine is, I guess it's kind of OCD-ish where um, sometimes if I'm making food and let's say I, I want to put cinnamon on something or salt or pepper, I always do an amount and then I'll do like a little bit more. I, I, it's really hard for me to just do one thing, like one dollop or whatever. I always feel like I need to add just a little bit more afterward. Do, do either of you do that? I don't think I do. No. I don't know where Definitely that comes not. from, but no. it's hard for me to just do like the one thing. I always want to just, I feel like I need to add another little thing afterward. I don't know why. Cool. Extra pinch of salt. You're an extra pinch of salter. Oh, another weird thing I do is I blow in all my glasses before drinking out of them. I think I've said that on the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's a weird yeah, I cannot weird take, I can't take a cup out of a cupboard without blowing on it before putting liquid in it to drink. There's no way. Blow, I like, just, there's no out? way. Yes, I believe I'm blowing dust out, but in reality, I'm probably not. But it still makes me feel better. <laughs> However, this has backfired. <laughs> this has backfired one time, which... I mean, actually, did it backfire or did it work? I don't really know because I was blowing something out of there. Cam had not cleaned a cup all the way, and there was giant pieces of salt in there still because he made a margarita or something. So when I blew, salt went straight into my eyes. My eyes were burning. I was like, oh, my God. I was not expecting it. I I mean, I cleaned the mug, but it, it hurt. So now I have to realize, okay, if this does work, I'm in danger. So what do I need to do now? <laughs> I need to like blow it upside down or something now. Change oh my up my God. technique. I don't know where weird. that comes from. That is weird. You know, beyond, I'm trying to picture too, beyond seasoning, like do you guys ever make pasta and you're pouring an amount of pasta into the boiling water and then there's something in your head that's like, just do a little bit more in case you're not making enough? Oh, yeah, maybe that. I just put the whole noodle. Okay. Or if you're making like chocolate chip cookies and you put chocolate chips in, 
and then you go, eh, maybe it's a little bit more. But I always fuck it up. This is the problem is it's not a good habit because I end up making way too much pasta or put way too many chocolate chips into something. But there's something in my head that goes, that's not enough. And then I do more. And then huh. it's not as good. Hmm. Nope. Don't know. Never done that. No explanation. <laughs> well, oh, well those are some fun. really good questions. Yeah. Thank Very you guys creative so questions. much. Yeah, those of you who um, participated on my Instagram, thank you very much for for submitting your questions. We really appreciate. It. We couldn't have done this episode without you. Yeah, and that was for two hundred episodes. Two hundred episodes. Yeah, yay! Two hundred episodes. Oh my goodness! Thank you so much for being around this long, people. <laughs> this is yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay, we do have an iTunes review of the episode. This is from Garnick Name. And it says, so helpful and fun. This podcast is absolutely wonderful. The hosts have great chemistry and are very down to earth and relatable. The topics they talk about are very informative and you can tell they put a lot of research into what they talk about. They really care about putting their best effort into this podcast and their personal endeavors. The podcast has been super helpful during my self-help journey and it's made me laugh and think deeply about my life. This is an amazing podcast that is well worth the listen. Thank you so much, Garnick name. That's uh, so nice. Thank you. To leave a review. If you want to, uh, you know, chance to get on the show. Yes, please. It really does help us move up the chart. So thank you guys for taking time to do that. Yes. And uh, yeah. You got uh, anything to plug? Um, I'm, as of right now, going to be in Salt Lake City, February 4th through 6th. Hey. Uh, at Wise Guys Comedy Club, which has been open for a good long time now and i've talked to a lot of comics who've been there who say that they're doing a good job of distancing people and whatnot yeah. um, so you know if you guys are comfortable coming to a comedy show right now uh i'm gonna go do that and uh hopefully it's fun and feel safe and and all those good things um and if you're not comfortable that's completely fine and i totally get it and i will catch you next time yes um nice. I'm doing oh. another oh. oh sorry. Um I'm doing another one of my virtual makeup workshops uh on February 7th, Sunday, February 7th. The last one sold out real quickly and um it was so much fun. Oh my god, they were all helpsters and they were amazing and and awesome. So, um if you want to be on the list for the next one, February 7th, DM me on Instagram at Kelsey Cook Comedy. Send me your email address and then I can put you on the list. Boom. And I just want to give a very big shout out to one of my clients, Nicole Baker, who is a life and mindset coach for perfectionists. She helps perfectionists set goals and actually follow through with them. She just launched an awesome program with her friend and business partner, Kiana. And the program is called Lift. And they combine mindset and fitness into one program. So you have a mindset coach and then you have a fitness expert and it's a membership community. Anyway, it sounds fantastic. So if you're interested, um, head over to at lifecoachbaker on Instagram or lifecoachbaker.com for all the info. They have a bunch of people signed up already and they just launched in, in January and I'm very proud of her. So good job. That is super cool. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for 200 episodes. Yay. Yeah. We love you. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.
Thank you guys so much for listening to Self Helpless. We really appreciate it and would love anything you can do to help the show grow and get the word out. So if you could leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, that helps us move up the iTunes charts. If you can tell a friend, a coworker, a family member, anybody that you think would love the podcast, you can also screenshot an episode and share it in your Instagram, in your Instagram stories, anything helps. Also, if you want more of the show, if you want bonus episodes, if you want to be able to be more interactive and help choose podcast topics, you can go to patreon.com slash self-helpless and join there. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Kelsey Cook Comedy, on Twitter at Kelsey Cook. You can go to my website, KelseyCook.com, which has links to my online makeup course. You can listen to my album, Savor It, on Spotify and iTunes, and you can watch my foosball web series on YouTube called Wrists of Fury. How about you guys? Where can people find you? You can follow me at Taylor Tomlinson on Instagram and Twitter. My website is ttomcomedy.com. And you can watch my one-hour special streaming on Netflix right now called Quarter Life Crisis. Awesome. And you can find me at DelaneyFisher.com. That's where you'll find information about my one-to-one consulting and my online courses. So basically, if you're a business owner, podcaster, or comedian, uh, and you're looking to either start those things or grow those things, you can reach out to me for more information. I also have an email list at DelaneyFisher.com where I share my favorite tools, tips, treats, and free shit. And then we just want to say a big special thank you to our wonderful editor, Emma Erdbrink, and our fantastic associate producer, Humaira Nuwaz. And you can find everything that we all just mentioned at selfhelplesspodcast.com. 